This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Bottom Line podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Joining me today is Matt Parrish, Chief Executive of Liverpool FC Foundation. We'll be discussing the impact of COVID on the Foundation's work and also the return of the Legends game. So without further ado, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having us. It's been the last time we spoke was uh, the middle of, of the pandemic. Um, it was the, a lot of change for the foundation, the work that it did, um, and, and, and the outreach, and how you were able to reach those people who, who, were, who were in need across um, the Liverpool community. I mean, how have things changed since then? Because that's probably a good 12, 18 months since we last spoke, um, and obviously the things have changed considerably in terms of society opening up. Um, but I suppose the impact of that has been felt in terms of you're still seeing the ramifications of, of the pandemic in the work that you do. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think what the I mean, I think it's fair to say what we did as a foundation, as a club, as a whole, Red Neighbours, local CSR team, etc. When we went into the pandemic and the and the multiple lockdowns, was probably focused a bit more in terms of those groups that we work with and support of with in real need. Um, we weren't able to deliver as many projects face to face, obviously, but we were able to do a lot of volunteering. We focused on supporting through poverty and isolation, etc. And I think what we've been keen to do is we, as you say, if we moved out of that, is to is to not lose sight of that and to keep that going. So things like the LFC Connect program, which is about calling vulnerable and isolated residents around Anfield and Kirby, that's continued. We haven't sort of shouted about it as much, but it has continued. So we didn't want to sort of say, "Oh, we're out of pandemic." There you go, Bosch, and it, that finishes. Obviously, the club's got a long-standing relationship with uh, fan-supported food banks and the uh, North Liverpool Food Bank and supporting that, and that's continued, if anything, it's grown. I think I think the, the, the important link there is that, sadly, the groups that were struggling or, you know, uh, groups, the members of our community that were struggling before the pandemic, have, uh, you know, are going to be struggling even more now. I think, you know, the areas where we... So what we've tried to do is focus our work where we think we can have most benefit. So we've upped our work around supporting young people uh, who are unemployed. Um, we've upped our work around supporting young people in the community in terms of mental health. Um, and then playing to our massive strength, just doing lots more physical activity, sport, free activities for kids and families, just to get people out there and you know active again. I think Sporting England did a study about um, young people in... Uh, disadvantaged areas of deprived areas were, were more impacted in terms of reduction in sport and access to activity. So we, we we felt it was really important to try and to try and up that. So that's how we focused basically since then. We we discussed this a while back, but what what were the the biggest challenges kind of peak COVID in terms of because I suppose trying to deliver um, kind of community outreach programs and is incredibly difficult when when um, you have a a nation which is in in lockdown we're not supposed to see each other but obviously the the, the needs of these people doesn't diminish if anything it, it kind of increases um so how how do you go about how or how did you go about um being able to to get by yeah it was it, to be fair to, i mean to be fair like everyone in the first sort of probably four to six weeks we were learning as we went i think i think i might i might have said when we spoke before dave that i found myself just as i think the week that we were put into full lockdown um, chairing a club-wide meeting of all the club departments. What was amazing is the club said, well, there you go. There's our staff, there's the resource. Everything else stopped. I mean, remember that first lockdown, football stopped. Um, 
and so we we had the access we had access to everyone albeit a lot of that remotely um and then we were able to utilize things like which continued to this day so the the, the stadium team at Anfield said, well, hold on, we've got the chefs are in, the staff are in, um, and they started preparing meals. So a thousand meals, we started to prepare a thousand meals, fresh meals a week that were then distributed to the local community. And that's another good example. That's continued. So there's something like 200,000 meals have gone out now. Um, and that, again, we haven't we haven't sort of continued to highlight it because it's just part of what they do now. They've said, So it, I think it's it moved the dial in a positive way for me in lots of senses. And I think the big thing, for me was and not just for us not just for lfc foundation but also for you know colleagues in merseyside everton and tramia but across across the country i think that the clubs foundations and community programs were the parts that were still going but to answer your question i think there's two things one we we sought to volunteer both around staff and club staff i think we had about 150 staff from across the club regularly volunteering at different community groups who were supporting the most vulnerable in the community and then we just tried to put as much as we could, uh, much of our offer as possible online and do it virtually um, to keep people connected. And then again, you know, it's, uh, colleagues and my sister's a teacher, my wife's a teacher, that they'll often say, well, you know, schools didn't go into lockdown really, you know, it was, it was different. But so we were as much as possible still supporting schools, going in where possible and, and delivering work. Um, initially, it was for most vulnerable children and key workers, kids. But then, I think as the lockdowns, the first lockdown was the sort of full on one. And as they sort of eased slightly that what we were able to do, fortunately, community sport and physical activity outside was, was I think we were able to kick in from probably mid to late summer 2020. Um, and I think that's managed to keep going throughout, you know, um, but we were, we've learned as well, like we all have, you know, we've talked before, Dave, about how we now work like this, but we wouldn't have, we were able to, we, we work at all the, uh, SEND schools across Liverpool City region delivering sport and physical activity and we were able instead of going in physically and our coaches coaching one cohort they were able to do it remotely and in some cases the whole school attended the session so in some ways we were able to engage with groups of people we wouldn't have been able to but to be totally honest our work it's about people and it's about contact and it's about socialization and, and without that it was difficult so we're so glad to be able to be back doing it but some things continued, you know, like the, the Red Neighbours team always delivered chair-based yoga, putting and putting one of those sessions a week into onto a virtual platform enabled people to access it that hadn't been able to before. So being able to have that sort of slightly more blended approach as we came out of it was key. Um, and I think we've made us realise what we had and what we were missing. So as we came out, our team was so key to do stuff. I think we're, we have grown during the last three years and certainly the last two years. So we've gone from... 30 full-time staff to just under 80 and we're now delivering about 150 to 160 different sessions a week across the Liverpool City region and that's partly because the staff they were so keen to get stuff and get stuff going they were you know they've got sitting out sessions every every night of the week so there's been the positive bounce in that sense but I think clearly uh, sort of members of our community that were, that were facing challenges before they haven't gone away and they've got worse and I think Unfortunately, with you know some of the other issues that are coming down the track in terms of sort of cost of living and fuel and etc., I think that's you know that, that needs not going anywhere. No. Um, how, how did you manage to keep? Because obviously, through through the foundation, you, you make contact with with um, individual families. You know people who you know who, who you work with on a on a regular basis. Um, but I suppose lockdown um, almost <clears throat> isolated some of those people from from. Um, 
from from the usual kind of social uh, social scene that you'd see him in. Um, do how were you managed? How did you able? Were you able to to keep contact with those kind of the most vulnerable families? I suppose. Yeah, I think it was a combination of um, open access virtual events, which we invited. Um, you know, lots of people. You know, we had some events that were sort of hundreds of people on, and then more specific calls. You know, we had as well as the um, LFC Connect, which was about volunteers from across the club contacting a, if you like, a list of people that said they wanted contact on a regular basis and making calls. There was also our our staff that worked with young supporting young people um, who were struggling with their mental health. They they made specific calls. Um, our groups that work with the uh, young people with additional needs and disabilities, they were making specific calls and running specific sessions. Um, and as I said, in actual fact, uh, there wasn't many positives from the pandemic, but a small positive was that we found with some of those sessions, it perhaps encouraged young people um, to access a programme where they might have been nervous about coming into a face-to-face -face session initially, but because we've been able to build that relationship, they've now, as we've got into face-to-face -face delivery again, they've, they're now attending. Some of the, pro the flip side of that was that some of the programmes we do, such as our MOVE project for young people with uh, cystic fibrosis and other uh, respiratory um, illnesses with in partnership with Alderhey, we, we just it was just so hard to do that uh, remotely and, and and there was an impact on that which was a shame so it, we weren't able to do everything as we wanted we would we definitely learned um uh, the difference between our offer in that during if we i don't know if you remember after christmas i think early 2021 we went into us it felt like lockdown 48 but i think it was like the third proper one from that sort of january through to the back end of february our offer then to compare to the first lockdown in terms of virtual offer was not night and day you know what we were able to offer what we'd how it had been refined lessons we'd learned so i'm quite proud of the way that the, the team and the club stepped up with that and again what we had which we're always really fortunate here is we had such good support from sort of the, the football side from jürgen and, and the players in the fact you know it, it goes a long way if jürgen klopp calls you or virgil van dyke or Andy Robertson, and to, to have those sort of things was was massive. You know, we had the club chief exec, Billy, and members of the exec team, not only volunteering in person, but, you know, calling people, et cetera. So I think a lot, doing lots of that sort of work, but I think, you know, without doubt, it was, you know, our, our work with without being able to sort of engage and deliver face-to-face -face was, is, you know, is, a, is not the same. So we were so pleased to get back to it in the same way, you know, football's not the same without the fans, is it? You know, what you're going to go, watching those games on TV, as much as it was an outlet, it wasn't the same, was it? Um, no, absolutely not. And, and obviously football is is the vehicle um, which, you know, by, by which fronts was the, the foundations work. But and I suppose you've never been, I feel like you've never been needed more more than presently um, in the city because yourself, obviously having in the community do do phenomenal work as well as, you know, various other, other charities. But it's... Um, it's as you you mentioned before. There are numerous other challenges which have. Um, it's not just purely COVID now. I mean, obviously we have a we have a cost of living crisis and um, energy bills soaring, fuel costs rising, food prices rising, um, and and the work never never diminishes. And, and I suppose that it's only going to going to get bigger in, in the months and years to come. Yeah, and I think we were. You know, we would. There was. There was also some of our traditional ways of working in terms of how do we resource that work. It was harder to do. So, bizarrely, in some respects, our our income during uh, the twenty 
that the seasons like the twenty twenty one season actually went up. We we were impacted in in nineteen twenty, but the twenty twenty one season actually went up, and that was because we um, focused on what we could affect. We were fortunate enough to get massive support uh, by the Steve Morgan Foundation, which enabled us to develop some of our programs. So what we and that was all about funding for frontline delivery. So we were able to really resource that work. What we struggled with was clearly we couldn't run events um, and we couldn't fundraise in that way. So we just had to, I suppose, be creative. We had to, how do we ensure that we could generate as much income and support to actually continue and, and in fact, grow as we did the, the, the support we were able to offer to our, to our uh, beneficiaries. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. One of the the key things which has, has returned is is the Legends game, which um, it, I know when we spoke last time, it's, it's always been the, um, the kind of the, the centerpiece event of fundraising, I suppose, for for the foundation, yeah. isn't it? Um, and, and when you've had that removed for um, for the best part of two years, I suppose uh, it, it has a big effect. So to see that come back this year must have been a huge huge boost for you all, uh, as well as the financial. Uh, you know positives of it it's just a boost for everyone to see see that back and have the foundations work kind of front and center at an event at anfield again yeah and i think you i think you fit the down there dave i think that that game is about two things it's about yes you know let's be honest raising valuable funds for the, our work and for us to be able to support other charities which is a big part of it and organizations but also it's about awareness and it's a it's almost like a foundation takeover in the in the most literal sense of you know one of the most famous and iconic if not the most famous iconic football stadiums in the world. We've been fortunate enough to run five of those Legends games now, all of which have sold out, which I think I'm right in saying. I might get told off by colleagues at other clubs, but I think I'm right in saying we're the only club that has sold out all of the charity games that we've held. Um, the you know the sun was shining. I don't know what it is. It always shines on a Legends game. But, yeah, we, we had to cancel it, obviously, in March 2020. About We'd sold out the Barca game and we had to cancel it, obviously, a couple of weeks before the, the game hopefully for 2021 and obviously didn't happen and but to get it in again you know three or four weeks ago now stadium was sold out you know queues around the block but it's such a great atmosphere and i think it's uh you get a lot of fans that are there that go anyway but you also get a lot of fans that come that you know because because obviously a success it's, it's it can be difficult to get tickets for a regular premier league game but to give people that opportunity and then the money it generates um enables it enables us to uh, develop our work so we we focused it from our perspective on our mental health and, and employability programs which we think the two areas that are, as i said were really needed after post-covid um, and then we're also able to support others so we support the home at Bay foundation um we crucially i think make a there's a 10 percent of the proceeds raised goes to the forever reds fund which is the former players association um and for them to support causes close to their heart but also there's an element of a benevolent fund for perhaps some older players um, that need the need care so i think ultimately the legends are forever red to ex-players so that's an important part and then finally we've contributed some of the money from it to our side-by-side partnership with um with right to play which is about working in underserved communities in, in in other parts of the world so yeah i mean it was massive for us to get that two years without it was was huge um got it was an unbelievable day with we're actually taking a, a legends team to play Manchester United legends um, at Old Trafford. They, they again, they 
they run, usually run them annually and they haven't been able to run one for a couple of years. And we're um, we're hopeful of there being a, a return fixture at Anfield as well against Man U Legends in the in the not too distant future. It's nice to be able to plan these things with um, with an element of, of clear road ahead of you rather yes. than the uncertainty yes. that we spoke of. Everything was hypothetical yes. when we spoke last time about eighteen yeah. months ago. So it's nice to have some um, some more security or certainty over over what happens moving forward. Just to touch on um, some of the uh, the work around the foundation and, and gaining some funding for that. Obviously, Liverpool had their um, NFT drop uh, about a month or so ago. Uh, and I, I believe a, a portion of that went to towards the foundation's work. Um, it's one of those things. It, it was controversial to some. We can't please all people, etc. But obviously, there was a lar- large chunk of, of money went towards um, the foundation's work. Can you just talk us through kind of what that will be used for, and you know, and, and other possible um, avenues that you might explore in the future in terms of. Obviously, this is this this NFT market's a new one for for the Reds, and and maybe are there other other plans in the pipeline to to kind of aid the foundation's work through through other commercial offerings, I suppose. Yeah, I think um, firstly, I think the NFT when I, when uh, the clubs the team the club who were dealing with it approached me about, I did you know they had to obviously explain to me what an NFT was. Um, I wasn't sure. Um, we did a lot of work in checking what it was about and you know and how in fact sat with the foundation i think ultimately the opportunity for us to generate and uh, what was just shy of three hundred thousand pounds um for the foundation we we designated it to three areas of our work which is our school-based work our employability work again and our inclusion programs um so it will enable us to deliver those ultimately to to more people um all of that work is work focused in the in the liverpool city region um I think, and I think, and and that's from basically fifty percent of the proceeds from the the one-off sales. But significantly for us, there's also a percentage of any future sell-ons of those NFTs comes back to the foundation. So there's the potential, you know, for those programs to be funded in sort of perpetuity yeah. in a way. Obviously, it's hard to know what level that could be. In the same way, it was hard to know what it would initially generate. I think in terms of partnerships, the the brilliant thing for me, and it's a really and for the foundation, fortunate position to be in, having now done this job, you know, th- just over three years here at Liverpool, but been fortunate enough to do it for 20 odd years across three different clubs. I've never known a time when partnerships and commercial deals are so intrinsically linked with the work of the foundation and the CSR work of the club. So I don't think there's a partner that now doesn't approach the club and say, what about the foundation? What about CSR? We've just we've done just done some work with uh sc johnson we we've got a big partnership with nike um where standard charter foundation have, have funded us to deliver some uh some of our employability mentoring work in in new jersey and new york strange enough uh axa the principal partners of the um of the uh of the legends game cadentia funded us to do a creative employability program so it as club partners come in now i the club ensuring that the foundation is part of that offer to partners but also what helps is that partners are asking you know they want to they want their and they and they want to fund impact um and i think that's bigger been a big sea change for us we sort of sat down i've been i've been in a year when when the pandemic hit and we sat down that that working from home stuff gave you time to sort of it was busy but in a different way it gave you time to reflect and go through stuff and we we felt was important having 
started to do more that we we monitored that impact so in uh september we launched our first sort of proper impact independent impact report uh, which enabled us to sort of really dig into what we do but also longer term it's going to help us decide but actually are we using those resources wise enough we're really conscious that the money we generate is, is fans donations it's public money it's grants it's, so we want to make you know it has to be spent in the right way so we want to monitor where that we're having most impact and it was brilliant for us to, be able to look at it and say well actually we we genuinely last year so the 2021 season supported 50,000 beneficiaries and the the and the our social value and this is not if this is not me making it up this you know it was it was valued at 23 million pounds the Liverpool city region so and I think we were scratching the surface because we weren't capturing all that everything we do with it so the, the point I'm making is that to be able to then talk to partners in those terms and say look this is the impact we're having with your help we can have more impact um and I think that that speaks to them I think that within the CSR or community space for corporate partners in the days when it was about supporting the foundation sticking a logo on our shirt or probably gone they now want to be able to say that with their funding they've been able to support you know x amount of young people into employment or x amount of people to take part in more sport and physical activity and that's and, and that's really important so i think that's helped us i think the we're really fortunate to get that support from across the club and from the club partners and i think that's one of the reasons we've been able to grow so much during the during the past three years just to, to finish man what what are you anticipating from from the next 12 months god forbid we have another another pandemic or uh or, or anything else which, which keeps us from from living uh, some kind of normal life but um you I, I, we spoke at the top i imagine the need is, is only going to increase for for the work that the foundation does which is why i suppose it drives forward the need for the foundation to carry on raising as much funds as it can to deliver those projects but what are you hoping for um for, from the next 12 months or what do you foresee happening um well firstly we set ourselves a target just before the pandemic just before the pandemic of delivering meaningful work in all of the um in all of the six boroughs of the liverpool city region in, in reality we were probably doing stuff in three or four and and only in two on two to three on a really sustainable consistent basis so we're, we're we're almost there with that we've probably still got some work to do in terms of, of st helens and halton but we want to develop that we've gone into thanks as i said earlier to funding from steve morgan foundation and dcms we've been able to support six existing community facilities so rather than us going to an area open our own facility and to be blunt suck funding and support away from existing venues we, we work with those venues we're a bit like we're based our home base is at the anfield sports and community center but we're not we don't own it we're tenants here along with other tenants and we work together collaboratively to have an offer that supports the local community so we've tried to replicate that uh with the brunny in bootle the tiber center in toxtiff northwood in kirby um and the hive in wirral and we want to try and do that in all of the boroughs of, of liverpool which is important i think the, so that's one and i think using those hubs as the as the venue from which we deliver all of activities in that area and trying to consolidate rather than being a bit scattergun um the club's obviously about to go into its 130 years celebration period so we'll be using the the hubs as the base for the foundation activities that celebrate that um i think we've got a day planned on the 11th of may which kickstarts that with activities at anfield sports and community center and some of the other hubs we've been able to up our 
level of activities in the school holidays for for children but also children and families and young people so doing more and more of that um and i think basically developing and making our offer as meaningful as possible across the whole of the liverpool city region but also crucially not being ashamed of the fact that we're the foundation of a global football club and we've got this club's got fans and supporters all around the world and being able to work with partners to to develop support and work with with you know with those with those supporters in, we're not going to be able to be everywhere clearly um but we were able in one of the projects we did launch during the pandemic was a this means more challenge when we worked with i think it's about 60 of the official liverpool supporters clubs around the world to deliver social action and community programs in their own community so to to start doing more of that um because they're passionate liverpool football clubs the supporters of liverpool football club and they and they want to you know and some of them, many of them do come across the games, but some of them may never get across the games, but they're, they're, they're real passionate fans and they want to be able to, and they're, they're proud to do something on behalf of their club and the foundation. So that's another, that's something else we want to develop. So they're probably the the sort of the, the, the headline elements. And just what we've really tried to focus on is trying to develop and do more of what we're good at rather than saying, you know, we, we currently do 30 projects, we want to be doing 50 projects. Well, let's do more of those 30. Um, as long as, as I said earlier, as long as the impact is, is is good and they're good value for money in terms of, you know, these people's donations that allow us to do that. So we want to make sure we we, we spend it in the right way. Fantastic. I mean, the, the work, and um, we spoke at length, um, as I said at the top, about the work you were doing during the pandemic and how difficult it was for, for everyone involved um, to to carry on delivering those projects so so kudos to you all for for managing through that and and to getting through it and and hopefully uh, obviously the, the the goal is i'm sure to the, the less you're needed the better it is almost but um yeah but, yeah but it, it's one of those strange quirks isn't it so um but no congratulations for all the excellent work you do and delighted to see the legends again back and, and hopefully over the next 12 months you know the, the the foundation's work only continues to grow so thanks very much matt for joining us uh, and join me again next time on the bottom line podcast for the liverpool echo where we'll be discussing everything that goes on off the pitch at liverpool football club thanks again you've been listening to the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo